the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finn, and we've got a great show for you. We've got a really fun show for you today. In this half hour, we're going to be speaking with Fischl Goldberg. You don't know who Fischl Goldberg is, but Fischl Goldberg is the proprietor of Phil and Bill's Chalavisrael Ice Cream. We're going to be talking about ice cream. I love talking about food. <laughs> Way back when, when I was doing uh, learning how to do broadcasting, so they had me doing voiceovers for commercials, and the, my coach was telling me, he said, Finman, just stick with food. You really do food commercials really well. So uh, that's because I said, because I can relate to food commercials. What do I know about tires or whatever, you know? So, But anyway, in the second half hour of the show, we'll be talking about the portion of Chaya Sora, Genesis 23 and Further, a wonderful Hasidic story at the end. I really like this story. I've heard it before. I think I've told it maybe once a long time ago, but it's a really dynamic and great story. We've got wonderful music sprinkled throughout the show. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. Jewish man was attacked in Crown Heights section of Brooklyn. The attacker threw water and garbage on the man. Police are looking for the attacker. California man was arrested in Chico and charged with arson and hate crimes after he set a synagogue sign on fire. Another natural gas field was discovered off the coast of Israel. The field is 13 billion cubic meters. I don't know how big that means, what that means as far as like supplying national, uh, natural gas, but it's supposedly it's a lot. This comes after Israel and Lebanon signed a cooperative understanding about another field in the Mediterranean last week. So Israel's not looting, losing anything. They got another field. Anyway, following the whole Kanye West kerfuffle, Adidas, 
who broke ties with the rapper, is now partnering with the Anti-Defamation League to help combat anti-Semitism among college and professional athletes. And we're going to see if we can get maybe somebody on for the show in the future. And finally, King Charles III wants to make sure that the United Kingdom's chief rabbi can make it to his coronation ceremony next year. So much so that he's letting Rabbi Ephraim Mervis and his wife Valerie sleep at his house. He won't be there. He'll be in Buckingham Palace, but and it won't be where he lives anymore. But it's where he's living now. By that time, Charles will be living in Buckingham Palace. And that's the news. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Schulzman, here you are listening to the Jewish Shower. We have on Mr. Fischel Goldberg is the proprietor of the, I don't know exactly what your title is exactly, we didn't discuss that before, Phil and Bill's Ice Cream. He's like the originator. He is Mr. Phil and Bill, or at least Mr. Phil. How are you today, Fischel? Baruch Hashem, how are you? How's Good. everything going? Thank God, we're doing well. Let me just tell you a story. When I'm thinking about ice cream, so <clears throat> there's like this um, ice cream in Russia, had this uh, <laughs> reputation among the Hasidic and Orthodox Jews. And do you know how to say ice cream in Russian? Uh, no. <laughs> it's it's marajva. And it became, and what, what it is, is it's sort of like, it's like the g- generic term for things which are totally physical and like, why do we need it? So it's like right. marajva. It's like, you know, it's like, it represents right. opulence because when you're talking about like in, even in like a hundred years ago, it's like you had to have a refrigerator and you had to have cream and you had to have all this other stuff. And then it was like, well, why are you eating it? So, <clears throat> but I'm reminded of a story. The <laughs> Rebbe's secretary, Rabbi Groner, his father yes, came to America. I, I grew up, uh, oh, Rabbi, well, I grew up with Rabbi Groner Jr. Okay. So, down the street. You okay. know, he lived on uh, Empire, uh, Union. Right. He lived on Union Street. So his father came to America. They lived in Brownsville. And he, in the 1940s, got his tonsils taken out. And back then, when you got your tonsils taken out, they told you to eat ice cream. So he came into shul like the next day after he had this procedure done. And he said, you know what they say about ice, what they've been saying about ice cream? It's all true. It's a wonderful thing. So ice cream is wonderful. So how did you, Fischl, get involved with the idea of making ice cream? That is an excellent question. All right, so me and Bill, uh, my partner, were talking one day, and there wasn't a – we make uh, super premium ice cream. What that means is in terms of the fat content. Um, you know, other ice creams have various fat contents, and that's what, that's what kind of distinguishes um, various styles of ice cream. 
they said there isn't a super premium quality straw ice cream on the market. He said we can we can fix that. And uh, this was uh, sometime between let's say Shoprit and Musav, you know, as as all good Jewish uh, deals go. And so we bought a small ice cream chain and um, we started making. Ice cream. Okay, and, so when you say um, small ice cream machine, so I'm thinking Bed Bath and Beyond, seventeen ninety nine. You put this, the uh, ice in oh, it. Oh no, no, it. it was it was a little more. I can't remember the name of the company. It's, it's, a, it's um, I could look it up. Um, right now, I think we have an Italian company. Um, it's a rather large ice cream. It makes about 12, 12 of those pints, twelve to fifteen of those uh, quarts. I'm sorry, per batch. It's a big, giant machine, and um, the way it works is um, it's water-cooled. Um, it has a big electric motor, so what you do is you put in the, the mix, and I'll explain that soon, but you put in the mix, and it turns it, turns it and adds air, and it also cools it you know, to give it kind of like a soft ice cream kind of taste, mm-hmm. uh, a feel. I'm sorry, feel. And um, so when we bought, we bought a commercial grade, uh, you know, small ice cream machine, which I think we spent about two or three thousand on, and it would make, let's say, about three or four quarts, just to just to give you an idea in terms of, and it would take it would take a little longer, and we would have to scoop it out because it was, it was on the top. Um, but. Yeah, you know, we, we started, we were experimenting with, you know, how to make it, how much cream, how much sugar, you know, how much eggs and everything like that. And it's, um, it's still very interesting. I, I, you know, I spend hours, you know, in the kitchen making things and stuff like that. Uh, it, it, uh, is, it, it is, it is, let me just jump. It is yeah. quite an undertaking when you're talking about ice cream. I have an older <laughs> brother who, uh, was he's he's a genius between me and you. He's since passed away, but um, he went off to the University of Wisconsin. He became was going into chemical engineering, and uh, he got permission to take a fourth year course when he was a freshman, which is a big deal in ice cream making. And he said he's doing all these courses in chemical engineering. He said the hardest course that he took was ice cream making because it's not just. You throw things into a machine and you turn it on. There's a lot that goes into it. So there's, there's, I've, I've had attempts at making ice cream. And when we, somebody lent us an ice cream maker, and I would yeah. not call what I made ice cream. So how did you, how did you, you, how did you come? You discouraged. So my, my first batch, my wife tasted it and spit it out and said, this is disgusting. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and, and then I, I can't remember which child she was pregnant with but that was something she would eat a lot of and to be honest my youngest who's almost three you know in the morning she wakes up she comes to our room and she's like daddy i want ice cream for breakfast and she'll have it for for dinner she'll have it for lunch and she you know the kids uh the, the, the kids really like it but it's just I, I i would tell you to just keep trying right keep a notebook um and keep keep trying because if um, it, it's just a, a combination of, you know, oh, this didn't work. This was this is too hard. You know, maybe you didn't put in enough sugar. Maybe there was enough cream in it. Um, but just um, you, you, you know, if it's something that you're passionate about, you like, you know. Uh huh. So okay, let me just, 
Let me just say, our guest today is Fischl Goldberg of Phil and Bill's Ice Cream, which is not available in a whole lot of places in Detroit. It's available at the Grove, and uh, they're up and coming, and, and we're going to help them out a little bit as much as we can over here. Oh, thank you. So, so now, so when you're facing with ice cream, so there's, um, there's different ways to go. So you wanted to make an ice cream that was actually much better than, say, the ice cream, which is like a bunch of, you need a, a degree in chemical engineering to understand what's in this stuff, which is basically what was out there available to the kosher consumer. Oh, so, okay. so, so how do you, so, so how do you go from, from getting around that to getting to a product which is actually tastes good and is marketable? Well, well that, 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 those are two different things. So marketable is, you have to convince, let's talk about marketing Marketing means that you have to convince, and we're not necessarily very good, um, you know, the old saying, don't judge a book by the cover. Um, we have a brown, plain, um, you know, container with mm-hmm. a couple of stickers. Um, you know, that, that's our marketing. And to be honest, our price is a little bit higher than the other, than our competitors. Um, now, why should someone buy it? You know, and, and once again, let's talk in terms of marketing. So we send uh, Bill's son, uh, my partner, who's, who also went to, um, he went to, uh, he's, he's, he has his master's, I think, in engine. He's got his undergraduate in engineering and his master's in business. And he works, he lives in Florida, and he's, um, he's um, overseeing um, the rocket. That uh, I think it's going to launch next week or in, in a couple of weeks to the moon. Like he's he's working on that. Um, so what we you know so his his partner Yoshi who's in who's in the Grove a couple of weeks who's in the Grove two days ago um, goes you know goes opens puts up a table and says try our ice cream and if someone has a little bit of you know liquid assets in terms of you know willing to spend a little bit extra. Um, and I, I totally understand if somebody does it, believe me, I get that. Um, you know, to say, this is what our ice cream tastes like. And then they say, well, you know, I see the brown packaging. It's not that great, but you know, I like, I like the content of what's inside. Um, that's, that's the marketing in terms of getting the taste and everything like that. Um, we get our cream and we make, we use butter. Um, we use natural ingredients. So let's say a flavor like the Yoshi. The Yoshi is a caramel-based ice cream that has cookie dough pieces and cookies and cream pieces. I can break down the ingredients into, you know, milk, which is butter, uh, cream, sugar, eggs, and cocoa. Okay. And um, and alcohol and uh-huh. vanilla. That's, that's, you know, a hearty ice cream that has, you know, less than 10 ingredients. Uh It's all pretty easy. Okay, let's talk about um, deciding upon flavors. Of course, there's always like chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Those are like mainstays. Mm -hmm. But, and those are like the easy ones. And maybe perhaps those are just 
too mundane. People don't want something that's called chocolate because it's just like, it's just chocolate. We want something called chocolate double swirl fudge crunch, for example. So how, I just made that up. So it does sound good though. How, how do you come about formulating flavors? And, uh, you know, just like what, what's going to work and what's say not going to work. Okay. So two, two stories, two stories. Um, one is we haven't made in a while. We, we made something called, um, just because we're having trouble getting ingredients right now in terms of uh, maple syrup. Um, so we make something called, uh, we originally had it, it was called the, um, now we do the Moby, which is granola clusters. Um, but when we originally created it, it was called um, the Moby and Captain Ahab. No, I'm sorry. One of them is one. Uh, one is one is the original. One is one we created afterwards. We're having trouble finding actually white white chips that are natural. Um, there's a place I think in Ohio that we got, but it doesn't that we got white chips from, but it doesn't have natural vanilla extract. So I kind of want to do things as natural as possible. So we went with um, Captain Manhattan, and we were going to make a strawberry. And we're like, oh, we don't, we don't have enough strawberry, but we have this maple syrup. Let's add that, and that's how we created that. Um, another ice cream, somebody had um, had emailed me, and he wasn't observant um, at all. But he just he saw like people make, you know, there are different companies that make ice cream, and he said his. His girlfriend wanted like something called the um, um, it's a vanilla chocolate swirl with cookie dough and fudge brownie, and and he she just liked the chocolate. She didn't want she didn't like vanilla. So I think it was called half baked. I think Ben and Jerry's makes it. Uh, is that okay to say? <laughs> Sorry. Uh- <laughs> They're probably being boycotted in the in Israel. Okay, but yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, so I um, I had never made the fudge you know fudge brownies before, and I made it you know the night before, and then I you know put it in the freezer and and uh, I made it from, and it's become very popular. People like it. I find that people like things you know pieces in their ice cream. They feel, to me, I, I could be totally off, they feel like they're getting something extra, a special thing, rather than just like a vanilla or a chocolate. You know, if they're getting something chewy. Now, sometimes kids don't like it. Like we have um, in our shul for Shabbos and Barkham, um, we, give, uh, we give the kids ice cream for, you know, when they say to them afterwards. And sometimes we'll give them like, you know, the, the fudge brownies. Now, our fudge brownies have a buttery taste. I don't know if you've had them, but they taste, they taste like butter. And as a kid, you know, we're not used to that buttery, butter taste. We're used to things tasting like margarine. And, you know, that's just, you know, because we're, we're, we make things in terms of, we're eating things in terms of maybe somebody will be uh, flagship and um, let's make something that'll, that'll, That'll accommodate everybody. Okay. 
Okay, let's let's segue into that since you're talking about that. Again, I guess it's Fischl Goldberg of Phil and Bill's Ice Cream, which is available at the Grove, a proud sponsor of the Jewish Hour seasonally. So, uh, okay, so people want to have ice cream for dessert. So, but ice cream, is, most Jewish um, big meals, festive meals, revolve around meat. And that would then, except for the holiday or Shavuos, that would exclude Phil and Bill's. So is Phil and Bill's maybe thinking of doing the same thing in a non-dairy version? So that would be, well, let's let's break that down. Um, I once made it, and I made it for our shul. I made a sorbet for our shul. So it didn't go under, you know, our packaging. It's just, you know, I put on the packaging, you know, it was under our rabbi. And I was using their equipment, and because it was cold, like he allowed that to mm-hmm. to he didn't call know, it, he on, didn't call it dairy equipment. Okay, that's correct. He said, you know, because I was I was just mixing it, and I was just putting it in. He, he said that was fine, and that was sort of like a Rosh Hashanah. Now, if we were to make a par thing, a par, uh, we would need a separate par kitchen. We would need. I'm not sure if I would have to uh, pasteurize. One of the things that we do with the milk and cream is that even though the milk and cream is pasteurized, we, we then pasteurize it again, according to the state. We have like a, a regulation that has to be a certain temperature for a certain amount of time. And then we send it to the lab um, to make sure everything is okay, that there isn't somebody across the getting sick in terms of uh, bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um if I were to make that, I would have to get a new, I imagine that things would have to be cooked. And according to the state uh, regulations, I would need a separate area for, for cooking everything and everything like that. Um, on top of that, I think that there, there is like um, companies that do make par of, I know that right now it's hard. I think Trader Joe's right makes something. There, there are actually um, a lot of very good non-dairy options out there. And compared to what was available in dairy for people who kept strict kosher, so I found that myself and my kids, for example, we preferred some of the coconut-based or the cashew milk-based, um, yeah, I don't know if yeah. you can call them so ice creams, but is, is rather good. than yeah. the chemical-based uh, kosher version, versions. But that, that, that's also an issue. I like the idea of being as, um, you know, I, I think maybe in the future we may go down that road, but I want to make sure that we keep to our ideals and as best we can in terms of um, being as simple as we can in terms of ingredients. That, you know, it doesn't taste like chemicals. Um, you know, I, I think I was interviewed many years ago, and um because we, uh, we, we started making ice cream, you know, just scooping off in, in 2015, I think. We actually started. And it, takes, it takes a long time, a lot of work, in terms of we're, we're just now starting to pick up. Um, you know, our ice cream isn't healthy, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's a dessert meant to be eaten, you know, in, in small doses. You know, we're, we're natural. We're not, we're not healthy. You know, there's sugar, there's heavy cream and stuff like that. But I know I would like to continue with that. I would like to be natural and not, you know, healthy in terms of 
Yeah, no one ever said that keeping yeah, no one ever said that keeping kosher was actually a healthy diet considering that my grandparents for example lived on schmaltz and sour cream for, you know, their uh, well, on a daily basis. You'd, you'd be surprised, yeah. <laughs> right. Surprised. So there are a lot of people who say like, you know, the, the kosher diet is, is healthier and um aspects in terms of let's say intermittent fasting which is a thing nowadays and you know I, I would you know I, I've always worked uh, many times worked with uh, with non-jewish people and things like that and, you know a lot of times we would eat lunch or they were, we were going out and it's like uh, I can't I can't go to lunch day because I'm fasting and like oh that that's it that's that's good you know this is this is this is fast day um I think you can I mean you know, you, you, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything else. You, you got to talk to, uh, talk to people. I mean, we could eat, we could eat vegetables. Um, Sholent is really not, I, I can't imagine it's that, that healthy, but it's, it's, uh, it's delicious. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't imagine it's not, you know, but anyway, we're digressing. So let's back to, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. so is, is, <laughs> is Phil and Bill's viable? Is it going to be around? Are you going to, become a percentage point on the national uh, uh, pie chart of ice cream manufacturers? Will you put haagen out of business anytime soon? I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I, I go to the method. You know, I mentioned uh, Ben Jerry's before. And I went to my um, supermarket, and I look at haagen is selling a pint for, let's say, $6 a pint. And Ben and Jerry's is still falling for five. And I think haagen is uh, is doing pretty well. I think they stayed out of politics, which is smart move. Um, but I'm 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 hoping it, it depends. We do sell, believe it or not, we do sell to a lot of uh, to a few non-Jewish stores out here because you know the, the, the there's not a shipping thing and our prices are competitive with the Ben and Jerry's and Haagen Dazs, and so we sell to to non-Jewish people and people that don't speak kosher. And uh, people people like that. People like our ice cream. So I never know. I mean, you know, hopefully hopefully people will continue. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is if people continue to buy our product, then we will continue to make it. And if more people buy it, then more, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have more of a market share. That makes sense. Got it. Were you recently at the Kosher Fest that was held a couple of weeks ago in uh, New York? No, we, we've never gone. Uh, you know, it's, um, what we're trying to do now, maybe, maybe next year, what we're trying to do now is uh, create a grassroots um, um, healing for, for our ice cream. So in other words, not necessarily to sell that much per store, but just to get a foothold in the store. And once you get in quite a few stores and, and you know, we, we have a foothold, then we can go to Kosher Fest and say we're, we're, we're in quite a few stores and we have, we have a presence and a way to go. Like, for instance, if we would go you know, spend the money in terms of the Kosher Fest and somebody wants our products in, in a place that we can't necessarily get to at the moment, you know, what, what would be the point you know, in terms of you know, where we're breaking the sale? And right now we're focusing on grassroots rather than, you know, a large um, aerial view that won't necessarily give us a net gain, if that makes sense. 
It does indeed. Okay. That's just about to do it. Do you have a, I asked, this is obviously going to have one of these questions, yeah. but do you have a favorite flavor of uh, Phil and Bill's ice cream, official? I love chocolate. Okay. Um, I've always loved it. I, I think, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I love, I, I love chocolate. And I also like the, the, the fudge, you know, I like, I like the pieces and stuff like that as well. Okay. So let me ask you: Do you do you have a, a favorite piece? I know that we're uh, we're cappuccino so. fans. That's good. Yeah. So, so uh, have you tried like a mocha or anything like that? We did indeed. Um, I don't remember what right, we've so. tried. So uh, you have you, you have how many varieties do you have? You have quite a few. Uh, uh, yeah. So we have um, right now. I'm going to switch from the peach to the raspberry. And by the way, we make the. Uh, we make the, um, the the raspberry and the peach uh, sorbet, um, you know, the, the fruit pectin ourselves. So we're not buying it. We're, it's not a can. We're, we're getting the peaches and mixing it with the sugar and the lemon juice. And, yeah, you can taste that. You know. Um, I, I, I would say maybe about 10, 15. I mean, we, we're working on other flavors to um, you know, and other things that we would like to make. But right now, I think we're just focusing on getting a couple of flavors and building our, our brand in terms of, you know, let those few flavors. And then when I get a chance, because both Phil uh, and me have day jobs as well, um, to focus on making sure that that's good, the flavors are good, and then, you know, go on in terms of building more flavors. Okay, so a lot of people listen to the show on the web, and besides from Detroit and the Grove and in Pittsburgh at a couple of stores, where else can one find Phil and Bill's ice cream? What neighborhoods? Um, I understand they're in New York in a few stores. Um, I don't recall the names off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Um, we're still working on on growing um, growing our New York market, um, and. One of the one of the stores, uh, New York and New Jersey, I'm gonna say. Uh, I think there's a store in Maryland, uh, maybe uh, is it Seven South or something like that. Um, uh, so, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, seven Mile Market is the big seven kosher. Mile Market. I believe we're, that's we're the there. Uh, that's the big kosher store in Baltimore, Lakewood, New Jersey. That's those yeah. are big areas. Yeah, Maryland. yeah, we're 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 in quite a few. We're 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 doing very nicely. In, and Lakewood and Front Heights, um, you know, people people like it. And and you're right, you know, uh, people as a rule, like as, as Jewish people as a rule, we eat Slashek. But there also is, uh, what's it called, the Slashek um, conundrum. You know, should I, should I, do I want this piece of steak or, or do I want this ice cream or things like that? I guess we're, we're adding right. to like, that. Right, uh, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like 4.30 on Shabbos afternoon and do I want to finish off that yes. little last bit of cholent and then be flesha until yes. it's 10.30 or do I want to have ice cream as soon as Shabbos is over? Yes, yes. yes. Yes, indeed. There is actually there's a synagogue in in Detroit. <laughs> there is a synagogue in Detroit where they they put out a chocolate. They have the stew, but it's totally completely par because they also serve for dessert. They've been doing it for years. They serve ice cream on dairy ice cream on Shabbos, and everybody waits an hour and then they go home and they eat eat their meat meal at home. So okay, that's going to do it for us. Our guest today has right. been. 
Fischl Goldberg the product is Phil and Bill's. Take a look for it. Look in the. I would say so. I would suggest that when you walk into like a kosher store, to look in the frozen food section of the store. That's where you're going to find it. And if you don't find it, contact the manager and they'll find out about Phil and Bill's and they'll bother Phil and Bill to get it to them. It's definitely a quality product. We want to thank you so much and hope you keep us surprised of uh, future developments, Fischl. Absolutely. You know, next time we create another flavor, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it to you. So, okay. Uh, you can give us feedback. There you go. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Good- okay. Take care. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Herschel Finman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. It's time for a little music. Up next, this is brand new, Moshe Tischler. The song's called Achtus, which means unity. we got to get together. Oh, 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 oh,
We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. That's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We are having lots of fun. We are going to be listening now. This is Carson Troika is the artist. He is a Hungarian klezmer. And the song he's going to be singing is, what else? Budapest. Let's listen. Ich will keinen 
alle Gassen immer schreien Gewalt, am Meiderle geht er mir bald. Weil ich bin ein Buche jungen Frisch, geisig alles man mich verrackisch. Treff ihr mir alle Lotsche von Jenke, sie hat Polisch in ich muss denken, jetzt koch am Artisch Fisch. Some things are better the way they used to be, like the crisp feel of a cool autumn day, the serenity of a baby sleeping, or the feeling of coming home after a long trip. Franklin Cider Mills makes cider the way cider is supposed to be. Its old-fashioned, clear, crisp taste reminds you of a cool autumn day. Located in the heart of historic Franklin Village at 14 Mile and Franklin Road, Franklin Cider Mill has been making cider the same way for over a century. Always fresh, with no additives or preservatives. You just can't buy Franklin Cider in any supermarket. Franklin Cider Mill is open from Labor Day weekend to after Thanksgiving from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come visit Franklin Cider Mill. It's kind of like coming home. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Got just a couple more weeks left there up until uh, next week. I think it was the last week for them. And now's when the cider's really good. So you want to get over there. I was just noticing, listening to the words, this Carson Troika is from Hungarian, but he was singing that song in a, if you notice, a Polish or a Polish, Polish accent, even though there was some Hungarian words thrown in there. But he was definitely a, not a Yiddish speaker. It was just... Told how to say the words. But anyway, speaking of saying the words, this is Uri Davidi. The song is called Echad Yodea, which Echad Yodea is a Passover song. I was wondering why did he issue a Passover song, but then it occurred to me, no, he's not singing the Passover song. He's just saying, I know that there's one God, and that's the point of the song, and that's true. So let's listen to Uri Davidi. <laughs> Yeah. 
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finn, and here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. This week is the portion of Chaya Sora. It can be found in Genesis 23 and following. It's divided into two parts. The first part talks about Avraham. Uh, Sarah's funeral, let's put it that way, the acquisition of the burial plot, Avraham buying downtown Hebron with the cave, the whole business over there, as an indication that, of course, Hebron does belong to the Jews. It is part of the Jewish state. It's part of Israel. should not be given back to anybody for any reason. And the second part deals with the marriage of Isaac and all the, the events that led up to the marriage of Isaac. So it's a very interesting one-liner, in which becomes really the theme of it. Avraham sends his faithful servant. Now, his faithful servant is Eliezer. You could ask any six, seven-year-old that uh, goes to a Jewish day school, what was the name of Avraham's servant? And he'll tell you, Eliezer was the name of his servant. And the entire scenario of, the, of this uh, engagement and marriage He's always referred to as the servant, never as by name. And indeed, when he introduces himself, they ask him. He comes down to downtown Mesopotamia someplace, and uh, they say, well, who are you? And he says, Evid Avram Anechi. Excuse me. Yeah, Evid Avram Anechi. I am Abraham's servant. Meaning to say, this is where the lesson comes in, we retake it. Meaning to say, who I am is of little importance and very little consequence. What is important is what I represent. I represent Abraham. So me standing here is exactly the same thing as though Abraham was standing here. I have no identity of myself for myself. I don't exist. What does exist is that I'm Abraham. Now, we in this world, who are we? What are we? We're servants to God. So it's the same thing. When someone asks, who are you? Our response could be, I don't know if it should be, but uh, it might be looked at a little bit strange, but our attitude should be, I'm a servant of God. And it doesn't matter who I am and what I represent. What matters is, what am I here for? 
I am here to convey what it is that God wants in this world, just like Eliezer was there in Mesopotamia to convey what Abraham wanted. We in this world are here to convey what God wants. Do we need to get our names in the paper? No, not necessarily. It's not important that we do it. It's important the job gets done. This is what's making, this was what will make the world a better place. And people seem to lose, lose uh, focus on this. People think they have to be recognized. They have to get their recognition. They have to be, to be the one who's uh, lauded and praised and winning the awards. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. What needs to be is the job needs to get done. And that's where we're going to, that's where we're up to. Speaking of up to, if you'd like to get in touch with me, the way to do that would be to go to my website. If you're not listening to, if you're listening to your podcasts on Spotify or iTunes or Apple Radio or iHeartRadio or Spotify or uh, any of the other, uh, odyssey.com, they're all out there, whatever ones you have been listening to. So you can flip over to rabbifinman.com when you're listening. If you're listening on Rabbi Finman, you have to wait till the show's over and then flip over to the homepage where you can contact me and I'll contact you. And if you have any, any type of, uh, inquiry of any type of question, a comment, anything that, uh, something's bothering you, something that's not bothering you. Let me hear about it. I love to hear from you at RabbiFinman.com. There's also archived editions of the radio show. There is There was a whole controversy on a WhatsApp group. And the only reason why I got involved was because I happened to do a show about what the controversy was about. So I didn't really get involved with the controversy because I could really have cared less about the controversy. But I did want people to listen to the show, so I just kept on interjecting. Well, the answer to that question, if you go to RabbiFinman.com, and there were, all, there, there were a lot of people who told me that they listened for the first time. So it's a very good thing. There's still as many listeners as we have. We want more. We want, I guess, maybe we'd like to have three, three or four billion people listening to the show. That would be okay. I can't expect everybody in the world to listen, but three or four bill, billion would be nice. There is ways what we present to Torah in interesting and exciting ways. There's also the very important donations page. We're in the middle of November. Thank God we're current, but we're current to November. We owe for November, so we need your help. And we've been do we do this month to month to month to month. If we get paid, if we get ways enough before the next two weeks, so then we don't talk about raising funds. We just go give you a longer story, and then everybody likes that better anyway because we want to hear somebody listening in their podcast telling you that, listen, you've been listening for free, so why don't you pay up? You're listening now for f over 50 minutes, and you haven't paid a penny. So I don't want to make you feel guilty, but I do want to make you feel guilty because I want you to go to Rabbi Finman and go to the donations page and uh, contribute and help keep really quality programming on the uh, out there for you to listen to and en enjoy and to learn. And uh, we appreciate all the help that you've been uh, doing, and you can do it any way you like. If you don't want to do it that way on online, then you can send your donation to the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. And 1725 Pinecrest Drive happens to be Jewish Ferndale. You can go to the Jewish Ferndale, com, and check out what's doing over there. This story 
is a very known story. It's written in the back of the Psalms for this, published by the Code Public Society, Publishing Society. It's also in English. It's in the period, first appeared in On Saying Tehillim, uh, written by the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, and it's written, taken from his diary. When he was a young man, he heard this story from his teacher who heard it from the fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe. When the fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe was about eight years old, he and his brother walked into his father's office, the Tzemach Sedek, the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, and his father said, when the Halika Rishna, the Rishna Rebbe, says Psalms, Rishna was a contemporary rabbi, also of a holy nature like the Tzemach Sedek. They never met each other. I just found that out. So he said the world is up to him, open up to him. And when he says it on Shabbos, so then he's able to realign the spheres and make the cosmos that they should fit according to his guys. So a, and he said that I sent Reb Isaac, Reb Isaac Humler, to the Rishner, and I'll have you know, I agree with the Rishner. That's what he said. Reb Isaac came back, and the Reb Marash, the eight-year-old, said, what happened in Rishon? And he said that he went and he told them that there's a certain decree which has been coming down and formulated from the czarist governor against the Jewish education system. And what should, what could the Rishner do about it? So the Rishner said, let's say a couple chapters of Psalms. He left it at that. Then on Shabbos, when it comes time, there's the, the custom is, is after the Torah reading, they put the Torah away, and the rabbi says some kind of, some sort of a speech, some kind of, a, you know, just a, something uh, to, to educate people and entertain people, hopefully. And uh, he, instead of giving a speech, so he cleared the room. And he said it's a chapter of Psalms. And the only one in the room with him was this Rabbi Isaac. And he said, it's very clear that if, the Tzemach Tzedek, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, will send two messengers to Petersburg. They will be successful in averting the decree. And that's what happened. And the, the Tzemach Tzedek said, I agree with his ruling. And the decree was diverted. That's going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. We've got a great show for you next week, so tune in next week also as well. Take care. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.